Hello and welcome to Hold My Popcorn. I'm Max Celia Nashville with us in Boston's Tim Begin. How are you, Timmy boy? Doing great, Max. Uh, I was just showing you guys there's a non-alcoholic version of Guinness, <laughs> which uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be drinking enough non-alcoholic Guinness to make it alcoholic. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And over in Portland, Maine, we got Bill Dooley. How are you, Billy boy? Um, I'm uh, I'm doing all right, although my cat is currently chewing on the power cord of my... Can you go away, please? All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, don't want him to chew through my the power cord of my work laptop while mm. I'm doing this, so... So, I'm good now. He's gone. Priorities, though. I'd rather have him just bite the work laptop. Doesn't <laughs> exactly. affect me as much. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, we're now midway through our 007 debut series, but in reverse order. As we watched Timothy Dolan's first of two appearances as James Bond in 1987's The Living Daylights. Pretty stupid name for a good movie. I yeah, I don't understand the name at all. Mm-mm. Besides, no idea. Like he's yeah. he at one point in the movie, I think he said like scared the living daylights out of me or something like that. And like, oh, there's the title. Yeah, it was a title of a short story by Ian Fleming. That's why. Oh. But even then, the short story. Okay. Like, eh. You really got to be a Bond head to like get that. Yeah. I feel yeah, like I most know. people don't realize Ian Fleming wrote James Bond. Like I got to be honest. I didn't know that James Bonds were books until like we started this series. I just thought that this was a movie franchise. Nope. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> what am I going to do? Wrong. Read? I can't believe I'm the one telling you about books. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you ever seen this before? I saw it a while ago. I have never even seen a Timothy Dalton Bond movie. I didn't know how many he did. This was good. It was especially in comparison to the the garbage we watched uh, last time. Yeah. I mean, this was this was pretty good. It's still absurd, but it was way more enjoyable. It's more of a spy movie than like a cheesy action movie like GoldenEye was. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Much more like an actual Bond movie. I mean, it gets it like. Very absurd moments, but like in general, like the there's a lot more grounding in this story. Nothing's insane. There's nothing like insane about this movie. Mm. Well, well. <laughs> Besides the entire car. Yeah, that's right, pretty. Fine. Good. I mean, the, the ending with the plane is a pretty. No, 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 well. no, 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 no. You don't understand. There's nothing like they didn't like fly to Mars. You know, in some like weird, like silvery suit, Uh, and the woman was, you know, like you know, walking around in a what looked like a space blanket bikini or something like that. Like there wasn't (laughs) shit like that. It wasn't like Moonraker, insane. So this is the thing too. Like I feel like the tone trajectory of the Bond movies are out of order. Like the cheesy Pierce Brosnan movies. Did I say it right? Brosnan. God damn it. Brosnan. 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 Pierce Brosnan. Um, they would have fit better with like the the campy Roger Moore movies, and then this Dolan movie would have fit much better going like transitioning into the Daniel Craig movies. Like Yes. He's basically yeah. like a watered down Daniel Craig. And oh yeah. When I say watered down, just he's not like a psycho serial killer. Right. It's not as dark. It's not a dark. No. But I will say, like, he's Probably the most respectful Bond. He's probably the most respectful Bond. And I would say woke Bond. Because 
I'd love to hear this. Please explain to me how he is w- woke in this movie. <laughs> I mean, as I'm not saying like in today's standards, but like but as far as James Bond, by, by, as far by James 1986, Bond by James Bond standards, he's really nice to her. Yeah, they, they only had they only did. I mean, for uh, Money Penny, they only did an ADR ass slap. He didn't actually even do that. Right, exactly, and she was asking for it. Oh my Money God. Penny wanted that. You know, Money Penny wanted mouth open, that. waiting for it. Yeah, like most most Money Penny scenes in the James Bond franchise, she's just like she's making a couple of cheeky jokes, and then James Bond is just like whoop, thumb up the ass. You know? <laughs> By the way, do you guys think so? Thus far, at least, I mean, do you think Dolan is the best looking Bond of the the three that we've watched so far? Yeah, no, Daniel Craig is. Oh wow! I, do I think you I'd do you remember Piers the Brosnan. scene where he walks out of? Well, well, body's different. That's different. I mean, yeah, he's he's like ripped. He his body's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Handsome though, best looking. I think I give it to Brosnan still. Mm. I think he's definitely the best Bond in a tuxedo. He looks fantastic in a tux compared to Brosnan, who looked like like a bobblehead. All right, that's yeah. fine. That's more that's of a fair. tailoring issue. <laughs> yeah. It's more that's, of a neck a... width issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and the, the giant poofy hair that he had going on as well. Yeah. Not not a great look. But it, I can I can look back past that and see he's got he's got the real potential there. Timothy Dalton's got this weird thing going on with his mouth where like I feel like if he it, it wouldn't take too much for him to become like Jim Carrey's uh the Grinch. You know, just like <laughs> upturned, crazy. He does weird have a weird things. smile. Yes. Yeah, like a they made an ent- smile. Dude, they made, like, Hot Fuzz, they made an entire movie about his smile. Uh, I know that he's in Hot Fuzz. I've never seen it, though. Yeah, he's in Hot Dude. Watch yeah. Hot Fuzz. First of all, it's a very funny movie. But, yeah, like, his entire role in that movie is to smile weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I've been watching Doom Patrol, and he's on that. So, I've been, like, looking forward to watching these, just because I haven't seen either of his movies and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, oh, his second other... movie. His second movie is weird. Yeah, and I'm talking like just the first like 30 minutes of License to Kill, and it was not as good. Like, no, no. it's not as good. It at takes all. a steep, steep decline, like right off the bat. It's like um, a bad version of fucking Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and like Moonraker <laughs> smashed together. It's just oh, no. not good. Yeah, I heard it's kind of gr- a little too gritty. Like, there's like rape and murder and stuff in it. And it's just like, it's a little too hard. Yeah. And there's a guy, the head explodes and you see it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And then they, they, went the to, they went to Mongolia so they could actually blow that guy's head off for real. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not a law there. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give a little backdrop again to, uh, to old Timmy D here. So like in an alternate world, he could have been the benchmark for Bond because they asked him to be Bond after Connery left in 1969, but Dalton was 23 at the time and he thought he was too young for the role. So he declined. So then they went to uh, Lazenby for that one movie. And then they offered him the role again for Diamonds Are Forever in 71, but he turned it down again saying that he was too young. And then they offered him the role again in 1981 and he turned it down because they didn't have a script. And then they offered him the role again in 83 and 1985 with him declining. Oh my Oh my God! Why, Jesus Christ! So like, he really just didn't want to do Bond. So the last two times he had like prior obligations, and I think he's just like such a an actor's actor. He's like, I can't play Bond at like you know in my twenties. He's a guy who's in his forties. 
So they, when they offered him the role, he was 41 when he finally took it. So he thought like that was like an appropriate age. Yeah. He got bit by a tick over there that apparently <laughs> makes you allergic to money. <laughs> so I think that was a problem, you know. Jesus Christ. But like I was talking about yesterday, uh, last week too, that Dolan, he was still game to play Bond as late as 1994. So like in an alternate universe, this guy who was like the second shortest uh, tenured Bond ever could have been the Bond from like 1969 to 1994. Yeah. They really wanted him. Like this entire time they wanted him. And then they finally got him and then they got into legal trouble and he dropped out. (laughs) It's like they had him literally for two years. He was Bond. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Should we get into it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we get the familiar gun barrel intro followed by this great cold open where we have 002, 004, and 007 skydiving into Gibraltar. Gibraltar, as our history teachers say, um, for this training exercise with 002 getting captured immediately after crash landing in a tree while 004 falls to his death after his rope is cut by an assassin. Do we know why this assassin was trying to kill them? Was this like... there are a lot of twists and turns in this movie, and I, I had a diff- difficult time. I think so. Up. I think the the uh, the George Kos- Koskov yeah. was setting the setting the stage that by killing a couple of double O's, so that when he got extracted and he sold the British the story that uh, General Pushkin was uh, had sent out an order to kill secret agents, that there would be some weight behind it because yeah. two some secret agents had already died. Death to all agents is what they left on the tag for. Uh, 004 when he dies. Oh, and they do so that they're again trying to, later. They're trying to set up our the guy from Indiana Jones. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Who's from Indiana Jones? The General Pushkin. Pushkin. He's um he's Sala. Yeah, he's oh Sala. My God, you're right. He is Sala. Wow. I didn't think yeah, all right. That's right. <laughs> all right. Very cool. I just Which, like I thought they do- Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I've like he eventually be, kind of became a good guy, and I'm like, you can't have Sala be a bad guy. No, I wrote that down at one point. I'm like, there's no way Sala is a bad guy in this movie. Yeah, like after he's he met with like, the weapons dealer, I'm like, he's still not the bad guy. He can't be. Hey, he's too likable. It's, it's so weirdly, jolly. it's weirdly like uh, this movie is, is like the beginning of uh, America and Russia. You know, tying tying like you know tying the olive branch, getting things all because Russia is really not the bad guy in this movie. That's there's like there's a guy from Russia who's an asshole, but he's all about himself. It's like the Russians are kind of cool in this movie. Yeah. Americans, the bad, the Americans, like the real bad guy in it, the whole thing. Koskov and Whitaker. Yeah. 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 So going back to like, we're talking about just how clumsy some of these people are. So is Bond like the only suave double O agent? Cause like the first guy who crashes in a tree gets shot by a dude who's in like a two foot bush. Yes. (laughs) Yep. And then the other dude who's like hiking up that mountain, like, that that thing would not have held him all the way up. That dude was gonna die regardless. <laughs> I mean, when they act, the scene where they set where he, he it around. where he throws up the grappling hook. Yeah. I'm like, I th- I saw that. I'm like, that thing is sliding off. Like it, before they cut the scene, it was still moving. <laughs> that would have been and hilarious. Just, if he throws it, he misses, and then <clears throat> it just goes crashing down and kills him on impact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't, what are they doing? They're doing like some war game kind of activity, right? Like yeah, they're, training they're, they're practicing. Those two, those two agents suck. Rough. I mean, really, I, the guy that throws the grappling hook up gets killed, but like, why did they even cut the rope? 
this like the grappling hook is barely like you said barely touching the rock just fucking just like give it a little nudge and he's dead <laughs> so yeah. and like right. anybody could have done that that is not a sneaky way to get around throwing like just throwing grappling hooks around and climbing up these giant rock faces that's no. what you do for like recreation it's not sneaky no it was in broad daylight <laughs> in gibraltar it's just like one of the parachute. sunniest places on earth yeah yeah yeah, they all, and they all land in parachutes and like quickly wrap up their parachutes. It's like, dude, you fucking fell from the sky with a giant parachute. I th- if anyone saw it, it's it, you're on the ground. Like at this point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if you're in a military zone, they're gonna see that airplane with three people jumping out of it. Yeah, <laughs> Jet, no like, sense. Elton John in the closet was better disguised <laughs> than, <laughs> how, than this. How? What? What did? Dalton doing this like I don't even understand how he got away why did how did he not get killed so did they attack him I can't even remember I think he just he landed in like an enclosed area I mean only the the assassin only got one guy because the um yes the guards shot the other dude with a paintball gun right oh oh right right right. okay Roger Moore the fake Roger Moore so they did that on purpose too they based these two guys off of George Lazenby and Roger Moore with Lazenby being the goofy guy Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. But Will you also, get out of here, Cat? Unbelievable. The other time, like, you know, Tim was make, uh, trying to make his, like, Seattle Supersonics reference. This is what <laughs> I came up with. So the double O agents, if they were a team, they'd be the 90s Detroit Lions and James Bond would be Barry Sanders. Yes. Yeah. He's just okay. like, they are a 1 in 15 team without him. He's like, he's given them at least five or six wins every year. <laughs> yep. On his own. All right. So then we get the first look at Timothy Dalton. Who immediately gets attacked by a monkey before chasing the assassin on top of this Range Rover, ultimately leading to the bad guy crashing his car off a cliff and exploding, while Bond parachutes his way into this French hottie's yacht where he takes her phone and a glass of champagne before banging her and tossing her in the trash. Oh my God. Loved it. Loved it. What a scene. She's sitting there. It's she's so like, good. there are no real men. There are no real men. There's all tennis Tennis pros and and hot rodders. I need a real man. James falls in. Might as well just like falling in, insert his dick into her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and then just nothing but a jawline and a butt chin appears. It's like, oh my yeah, god, exactly. who are you? <laughs> right. <laughs> the most nonchalant Bond, James Bond ever, though. He's just like, who are you, Bond, James Bond? Let me see your phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Better make that two hours. Oh, James. You got to get better at your timing, man. I get that done in five minutes. <laughs> also, also, an eight, one of your agents just died, so maybe yes. don't have two hours of sex right now, but I don't know. That's just me. I'm not James Bond, probably for a reason. So All the double O agents are sociopaths. They don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't like the guy anyway. Yeah. Nobody told him to climb up that rock, that big-ass cliff. I don't know what the fuck the guy was thinking. Glad he's dead. More sex for me. <laughs> We're going to have an orgy later, but now it's just going to be me. <laughs> yeah. I also like how that assassin is still steering the car as he's like crashing in midair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's going to do anything. <laughs> as we all just, yeah, steering at the same time. And then also, um, I, th- I guess this was like the first scene that Dolan did. And he did most of the stunts in the scene too. Like he was on top of that car for most of it. Oh, really? Which is good for, yeah. Kudos. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, and then we get the title sequence with the song The Living Daylights by AHA. It was AHA? I thought it was Bowie. Yeah, it was AHA. Yeah. Living Daylights. Yeah, 
I'm sucking for 80s music. This is definitely better than the Tina Turner one. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to be honest, Max. I thought it was... My note was it was the single worst <laughs> James Bond intro I've ever seen. The <laughs> intro itself was horrible. It made no sense. It had nothing to do with the plot of the movie. I rewatched it. It's just like a woman, like a girl with a gun that's like pointing somebody in the water. I'm like, there's no water in this movie. They're in the fucking right. desert for most of the third act of the movie. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So then we cut the Soviet Czechoslovakia opera house where Bond is assigned to help the stiff named Saunders with the defection of a KBG general named Georgi Koskov, who plans to escape during the intermission. But then Bond notices that this cello player who has a sniper rifle fixed on Koskov isn't holding the gun properly. So Bond deduces that she isn't a real assassin and shoots the rifle out of her hand, saving her life. What a fucking squib that other guy was in this whole thing. Saunders? Saunders. Yeah, Saunders is such a pussy. Well, like, what, what is, who is he? Is he another double O agent or? He's the Vienna station chief. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a real nerd. Yeah. He grew on me, though. Like, he is such a stiff in the beginning, but then once he kind of warms up Bond, he gets a little bit better right before he dies. <clears throat> oh, right. Well, that scene before he dies was sort of like, you know, them going like, hey, you're not too bad, Saunders. You're not too bad either, James. Hey. Boom. Well. Once, 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 once he realized that he was a real beta and James Bond is a real alpha and he's just like following his every order, then Saunders right. becomes okay. It's when he's questioning right. James Bond. You're like, who the fuck are you, nerd? Shut yeah. up. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. Saunders did have a point about James. Because like James had no idea this cellist was going to play such a key role in this entire movie. No. He was just looking at the tail. Right? He's just looking yeah. for some tail there. And Saunders, <laughs> can we play, stay focused on this fucking secret agent mission? Also, quite the bulky 80s sniper rifle. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That thing looked like it weighed 180 pounds. It looked like a super soaker. Yeah. <laughs> it was huge. Dude, like the optics on that thing, the scopes alone probably weighed, I don't know, more than, never mind. It was like, it was more. like, it was good, like at least half the length of her body. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean the sniper rifle she had. Oh, that's the sniper, what I was we were talking thinking, about right? the sniper rifle James had. Oh, 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 oh. Her yeah, gun was massive, too. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, she would have fallen right off that fucking building if that was a real sniper rifle. That thing was way yeah. too heavy for her to pick up. I also love that, I mean, like, it, he didn't shoot her in the face. That is nice. Um, but, like, shooting the gun out of her hand, it's pretty lucky that didn't kill her as well. Like, didn't, oh, yeah. you know, blow off a hand, get, like, cover her face in shrapnel, you know. <laughs> nope. God, zero yeah, just, injury. All the wood chips explode in her face. Yeah, exactly. Yep. She's got like she's got like a cat scratch on her forearm that we see later, and like somehow that's the only thing that happened when a gun blew up in her hand. You know, like uh, she panics. She she panics, falls off the building, like paralyzes herself, and Bond's like, "Oh, Saunders, <laughs> what the fuck? Why did you do that? Why did you just yeah. shoot her? I don't know. I don't uh, know, man. That have been like an Austin, Austin Powers, you know? It's the first day. I'm sorry. Yeah." <laughs> All right, then Bond gets Koskoff across the border via a literal pipeline to the west, but not without some motorboating help from this burly Soviet engineer. Oh, my God. <laughs> I immediately thought, I immediately thought, this is the second movie in a row we've had a Tim Doppelganger. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> that was me, the boss. <laughs> when, 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 she- when she walks in, like, I mean, this is a girl, big, beefy girl. 
when she yeah, walks yeah. in wearing that like that you know overall onesie the yeah, pant overall top thing yeah i mean that's like that's basically i wish i could find a way to just like search that when i go to pornhub because that's it <laughs> that's the dream onesie yeah, on a on a like a six foot two, three hundred and fifty pound linebacker of a woman. That's it. I, onesie this death on- by smush smush. I think that's what you have to type in. <laughs> Honestly, man, this like this kind of just proves, I think, how guys don't really care at the end of the day because ow, just stabbed myself with a hook. Um <laughs> uh, this how guys don't really care at the end of the day, because like she, you know, unzipped those overalls and I'm like, yeah. All right, I'd do it. Sure. <laughs> yep. The only thing like, I'm looking the, at, I, like, not, like, there's one of us here who <laughs> we're sitting in our office. She walks in, unzips it, and starts going. We're up, none, not one of us here. I guarantee it would stop her. <laughs> Although this, the, the thought that I had too is that like she she unzips, goes up, shoves his face into her tits, and just like shakes it around for like 15 seconds, and then she walks away indignant, like I'm not that kind of girl. And like my my immediate reaction was like, well, that's an absurd, ridiculous, like you know, like he would of course question what happened there, what was that about? And then I thought about it again, like no, he probably wouldn't. Like he just mm-hmm. count his blessings. He's not going to complain to anyone. Maybe it might happen again. Like maybe she was- does this every hour on the hour, and it's just normal. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. just like, all right, that was kind of weird. Yeah. The whole building kind of shook for a few seconds there when it was happening, but it's everything's fine now. <laughs> he would like any red blooded man. He would have gone in the bathroom, taken care of business. <laughs> Come back out and do this job. <laughs> Fire the lady. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've came, you're fired. That's a good point. Yeah. Once you get that like moment of clarity. That yeah. moment of clarity. That was wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Looks at all the charts. Wait a minute. The water pressure is at 150. What the fuck? Yeah. Two days. Two days later. He'd be calling her back up. You know what? We actually have that position still open if you want to come back in. That's right. I'm kind of horny. You want to start working here again? <laughs> I was actually going to say, go like, kind of along the same line. Just like in this, th- that woman, the, like the late, like the lead woman in this, in the sniper rifle, that's kind of like Soviet casting couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> It wasn't like, oh, you want to, uh, you want to like progress in the arts? You have to go talk to Harvey Weinstein. No, it really <laughs> is. Like, yeah. No, you have to go shoot somebody in the face. Yeah. So kills KGB Russia. general. Yeah. Who's also your boyfriend? K- KGB. KGB. What'd I say? KBG. KBG. Yeah. Whatever. KBB. Kelly Blue Book Value. KB Toys. Yep. Also, not the old. Not. The, the first time that a pair of tits are going to work as a uh, diversion in this movie. No, oh boy. Not. And it's not <laughs> even the best what. one. Yeah. Mm-mm. All right. So also the time. pipeline. Time yes. out. Yes. I really need to pee. I'm not going to make it anywhere near the end of this podcast. So I'm going to pee go on right your now. cat. Go. <laughs> okay. So going back into the movie here, just going to say for this pipeline, it goes straight to Q. I am shocked that, None of his people like tripped on explosive, like you know, shoelaces or like poisonous bubble gum or something. Oh, yeah, dude, he was sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say the fact that that whole thing worked out was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, I was yes. expecting like there to be some hiccup that killed the guy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, shit, these are the wrong stairs. It just turns into a slide, they all just fall right back into the pipe. Right. <laughs> Shouldn't have installed these. 
Also, good on Desmond for remembering his lines in this movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. It, it was. Um, he, he. But he looked like exactly the same. Yes. I mean, there's like a decade almost uh, uh, in between, right? And yeah. like he's the exact same person. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> he he has not aged. He came out that like that. Came out of his mother's womb like that. <laughs> After this, we're uh, introduced to the new Miss Money Penny, who I think has a crush on James. Uh, yeah. Are you I mean, getting that she... signal? It was kind of subtle. I kind of got that vibe a little bit. The whole licking her lips, drooling, putting her glasses down. You know, she like straight up invited him to fuck her. Didn't like? I mean, like mm-hmm. it was not subtle even a little bit. No. See, no. It, no. It, I think the thing that killed uh, Bond's uh, boner there is just Barry Manilow. It's like you had me up until you said Barry Manilow. <laughs> right, right. Go back to, to my Manilow. place and put, listen to Barry Manilow. No. no. Fucking loser. I also <laughs> thought it was funny that like James Bond mentioned some like classical symphony by some classical composer and she's like, oh, you like music, James? Why don't you come back and listen to Barry Manilow? It's like... <laughs> He just mentioned like fucking Stravinsky's fourth symphony and you said Barry Manilow. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> not good. Yeah. Also not good. Uh, we're introduced to the ghetto blaster. Oh, <laughs> oh, <boy>. oh yes. It's <laughs> oh, no. not problematic at all. I forgot Something about that. we're developing for the Americans. We call it the ghetto blaster. And then he basically <laughs> skips to it. He is so excited about it. <laughs> So yikes. Yeah, yikes. I forgot about that. That was rough. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diana were on set that day, and Prince Charles is the one who, like, hit the button for that explosion, too, for the, to the Ghetto Blaster. That makes sense. Probably elbowed Princess Diana. Ghetto Blaster, isn't that funny, Pip? Isn't that funny, Pop, Poppy, or something like that? Whatever the fucking Pep names they Where call the fuck each other. name is. In, you know, over in England. Yeah. All right, and then we cut to an MI6 safe house where Koskoff tells the Brits that the new head of the KGB, General Pushkin, has gone mad with power. Just very shocking because Russian leaders are usually very passive. And Pushkin has reinstated the old policy of death to all spies, which on cue, this KGB assassin named, Nar- uh, named uh, Necros infiltrates the safe house disguised as a milkman, killing several agents with either a Walkman wire or explosive milk. Before uh, abducting Koskov. So I wasn't mistaken in that. He, some of his milk bottles were bombs? Yeah, they were, yep. And some of them were just actual real milk milk that people were drinking. Yeah. Because <laughs> you I, see the guy drinking milk as he hits the siren. I also, I love, uh, I love, um, there's like a butler that comes in at one yes. point. And like really goes, Dude. like almost Secret agent butler, man. Spoiler alert, that is my favorite character of this movie, is that old butler. That (laughs) dude had fucking held his ground. He was, he was being the shit out of like that 25 year old German Olympian fucking like track. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I get, I got the sense that like everyone who worked at this safe house is like a fucking, yeah, you know, secret agent. Yeah. But like that old man, I was, I was very surprised by that because he just like knocks out like four or five people, just kills them immediately. And then, like, the oldest, dustiest, skinniest-looking dude in the whole house comes in and starts just, like, throwing haymakers and is, like, knocking the dude down. We're like, holy shit! 
After a side of his face got grilled too, you know. Yeah. Oh, that was that was pretty good too. They had the scorch marks on the face. I guess he ducks that boiling water too. Oh, that was the thing that was so disappointing to me is like that boiling water was sitting in the in the picture frame for like forty five seconds of this Mm -hmm. fight. I'm like, oh, that was it. Nope, is it now? Nope. And then he picks it up and does the girliest throw and it misses. And I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) Hit somebody with some boiling water. Russians don't on a throw, Bill. They don't play yeah. any throwing sports. They don't play baseball. Yeah, if if yeah. you put it at the end of a hockey stick, he probably would have got it right right where he wanted to. This guy was like a classical dancer by trade. So I mean, did you see how he was walking later on, holding that gun, just doing like? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean all he, shoulder strut. In Afghanistan too, he was wearing some skin tight blue jeans, and his butt looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looked good. This is the eighties. This is like the eighties. Mas- the most masculine man is the most feminine man. Yes. <laughs> he paints his nails. Yeah. That guy though, Necros, if you if you think he looks familiar, he's also in Die Hard. He's um Carl's brother. Oh yeah. He had like the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses who's mm-hmm. like who gets killed and he has the uh, all the Christmas wires taped around him in the elevator. Same deal. Yeah. I thought right. that was him. Yeah. Also, um that parrot that they show multiple times. Apparently the parrot is in uh from your eyes only. Okay. I recognize them, actually. They, I thought that was the same parrot. I had to look it up. I'm like, why the fuck are they showing this parrot so much? Like, it was just like a full dedicated shot of just the parrot in like multiple shots. Did, did they have to do it? Like, were they congrat- contractually obligated to put that parrot in another movie or something? I don't know why. They <laughs> it was weird. And now it's weirder now that the, the parrot is like a noteworthy parrot. Mm-hmm. Which I guess doesn't, like, parrots live for, like, 75, 80 years, don't they? Parrots outlive their owners, man. I wonder if, par- like, a lot of parrots you see in the movie are, like, repeat parrots. Good. Maybe. Yeah. I find a good yeah, parrot, gotta, man. Why are you going to let it go? If you got a, if you got a carrot, if you got a carrot, if you got a parrot that can, like, act in movies, yeah, you probably keep that thing around for 50 years. Oh, I want to know about famous parrots now. <laughs> famous parrots. Uh, that that uh, Polly one. The movie Polly. Um, <laughs> sure, Captain Hook had one. Who else? Yeah, definitely had a famous parrot. What are some other famous parrots? No, I don't want to know. Like, I want to know. I want to know parrots that have starred in a lot of Iago. movies. That's <laughs> Iago. Yeah, who's the voice is Iago? What's that guy's name? Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert he Godfrey. also plays Polly. The movie in the movie Polly. <laughs> he also plays a parrot in that movie. Well, he sounds like a parrot. God, he's the most annoying voice on the planet. I saw the movie when I was a kid. We walked out of the theater. It was the first movie I walked out of. I was like seven. I'm like, I'm done. My parents are like, thank God. <laughs> done. <laughs> parents had earplugs in. <laughs> okay, so M orders Bond to kill Pushkin. Then we get more uh, Q hijinks with a guy getting eaten alive by a couch while Q just laughs and sits down. Yeah. I laughed out loud when that when that guy just got completely devoured by that couch. Why, why don't you have a seat? Couch inverts itself and Q, yeah, MJ Q just sits down like ah. <laughs> get another one. Honestly, like In Q's fairness. lab is like secret agent Hogwarts, and he's Dumbledore, where he's just like putting all his students into fucking danger at twenty four seven. He said, "Come over here. I have a new flamethrower to test. Stand still." Yeah. Yep. Then Bond learns that the cello player named Kara is not a KGB agent. She had blanks in her sniper rifle. 
sniper rifle. Jesus, sniper rifle. <laughs> and, sniper uh, rifle. Sniper rifle. <laughs> she had blanks in a sniper rifle. That's, that's what James said too. <laughs> to, to Money Penny, who loved every second of it. Um, and then Koskoff, she's also uh, Koskoff's girlfriend. And Bond suspects that old Georgie set the whole defection and abduction up. So he tells Kara that he's a friend of his and convinces her to go with him to Vienna to find Koskoff. Yeah, she buys into that pretty quickly. Didn't take a whole lot of convincing. Not the Casting couch, the man. Casting yeah. couch. He, he said he was going to put me in the symphony if I did this for him. <laughs> yeah, right. He said oh, I would boy. be first chair. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. You're I honestly the symphony. Yeah. Honestly, I, I looked at like there are multiple times in this movie where I'm thinking, like, was the casting note for this for this actress like find the woman that looks most like a baby deer, like a helpless baby deer? Because she kind of does. Like half the time she's looking at Bond, she's like she looks like some baby deer whose mom died. Yeah, yeah. she a lot of blank stares from her. Yeah. Mouth open. She has some some really like polar opposite opposite moments in this movie too, where like she could really be very helpful and does absolutely nothing. And other times where it's like, how did she manage to do that? Like she's right. yeah, the, like he has that struggle in the jail cell. She literally just stands there and does nothing while Bond is being choked. And then later on, she's on horseback and f- fist fights a guy with like, a fucking right. machine gun on a horse shooting tanks. It's like where the fuck was that ten minutes ago? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So, what what do you guys think of her overall, Babe. though? Babe. Yeah. yeah. As the are you asking me or the actress? Both. Are you asking me about like her attractiveness or just like her being a human? Performance followed, or just her looks followed by her performance. Oh, performance is, um, I think, probably what perhaps they were looking for, which is her to be like some helpless kind of idiot. Um, I, yeah, she's, she was good looking. I, yeah, I like her. Right. She's babe. I, I just, I'd never seen her in anything. I was kind of curious. I'm like, she's just not, doesn't really look like a bond girl compared to some of these other people. I'm like, is she an actual like cello, like a cellist or something? Like, is she like a prodigy or something? She's not. I mean, she looked like she did a pretty good job playing the cello though. She passes as like a musician and she has right. a really good accent and she's British. So I'll give her credit for those two. Like she, I think for what they're looking for, she did a pretty good job. Just, but the character itself, like you guys said, is just kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't say like her. She was a bad, bad actress. I think it's just the character was just kind of like weird, weird. Yeah. There's, I was gonna say, there's like. There's there's one specific moment that kind of stood out that was like, oh, that was kind of bad delivery. Like, I took me out of the movie for a second. It's like a random exchange. It's when they were in Vienna and they like got out of the got out of the concert. And it was just like, oh, that didn't work for me. Other than that, like there wasn't anything that she really did. There were moments where like the line was like, oh, I rolled my eyes because like, but it's it's the words. It's not really the way it was delivered. I think I think she was fine as an actress. Yeah, it's a 65-year-old British man writing the dialogue for this 22-year-old lady. Right. <laughs> so it's just, like, yeah. All right. Well, this leads into the car chase and laser show on the frozen lake that ends with Bond and Car sledding across the border on our cello case. Mm-hmm. 
This is the one that got Bill's attention that he was texting us today about yeah. it. This, I mean, there were, there were, you know, there's humor in Bond movies always. And they, there was a, like, there's some good lines that make me laugh. But this, these was just absurd. I mean, when he cuts the car in half with a laser from the hubcap of the, and, and she asks, what happened? And he says, salt corrosion. I almost <laughs> fell off my chair. I mean, that is just hilarious. I, and like, I mean, the getting away or uh, sledding down the hill in a cello case. Oh, beautiful. Using, using the cello as like a rudder to steer. Magnificent. Just such quality art right there. So good. I love that like before that when they have to like go back to get her her case or whatever and Bond is like super pissed off about it and he's mm-hmm. like helping her put it in, in the back seat and he like looks like legitimately angry. He's like yeah. grabs it out of her hand like shoves it in and he just goes when do you learn the violin? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that was good. Well and then later when he, when he's about to sled down the hill he said I'm glad I convinced you to pick this up or something like, <laughs> yeah. he's, like completely taking credit. Well, and then they, uh, what when they're out on the lake and the tire gets shot off the car, so he then cuts mm-hmm. a perfect circle with the hubcat, uh, <laughs> cutting through the ice to sink the other car. And then he uses, does he use a rocket from the back of his car so that he yeah, can man. jump bumper. over the ice? <laughs> from the front bumper, he has rockets there. Oh, yeah. no, no, that's, he is, he is, yeah, he has uh, bombs, yeah, rockets that blow up a, a tractor trailer. By the way, so, so Russian to block a road with a tractor trailer instead of like, you know, I don't know, like sawhorses or spike spikes to block. The, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just grab this trucker and have him go across the road. Um, no, he uses a, ro- a rocket from the back of the car, right? To launch the car over like off of like a dock and a ramp to jump not, over everyone. And that's how he only, ends up going crashing downhill in the snow. Not only was there a rocket, he was there the car had like bobsled blades on it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> skis. <laughs> yeah. The car had skis. Yeah. It was like, it was like Q who designed the car was like, understood exactly the sequence of operations <laughs> that he was going to need to get away in this exact, it was like, he's a fucking savant. He's like the, he's like the kid from game of Thrones who can like, you know, see into the future. Q, yeah, Q is Q is like uh, taking spice from the Dune universe to to see forward in time. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of all this, though, is that like during all this drive, they're like driving through the woods, and Kara has a map. You know, like a, a casual. It's like so you have lasers and bombs under your car, but you still need to use a fucking map. Yeah, man. <laughs> he just throws a map in her face too. Where does this road go? You're no, like fucking, this, we're the woods. This is a dirt in road. Vienna. In the woods. When was the last time you saw a road sign? Like, what road I'm not even are we from on? this country? This is in a different language. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. I'm like, what the fuck? I like how the border too. Like the border wasn't even on the road. They didn't like the border. <laughs> the border the stop. I, mean, I guess this is just Austria, right? Because people like to ski around there. But it was like the border wasn't even on a road. The border was just like in the middle of a field. <laughs> <laughs> They, and they no objection so, either. Once yeah, they, they slid. They slid right by and just say we have passports. nothing to declare. Well, I mean, I mean, to be honest, that's how they. That's how the World War. That's how you know. That's how World War Two. That's how Austria was. No reaction from the Austrian Border Patrol uh, to the skiing Soviets with AK forty sevens chasing after these people and firing at them. 
Right. Yeah, you clearly hear explosions because they blew the car up too right before they jumped on the cello case. It's like this guy's been hearing, he's probably seen smoke bombs all over the place. He's just like, all right, you're good. You're good. Just top to bottom, an amazing <laughs> sequence of events in this movie. It, do, it doesn't get any more outrageous than that from, from this movie. It's wonderful. All right, and then we cut the Tangier where Pushkin tells a stolen Valor American arms dealer, Brad Whitaker, that he's canceling the arms deal that Georgie had set up. So, second straight movie with uh, Joe Don Baker. Yeah, but he's a completely different, different character. It's completely, yeah, kind of threw me. Yeah. Still an American, I, but. I was nice, so confused by this whole thing. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait. Did they forget this guy is from Texas? And they cast him as a ten, as a fucking Moroccan general. Because <laughs> I was sitting there, I'm like, I don't understand it. And then they, they kind of explain it, but then I'm still like, but why is he in a Moroccan fatigues? Like, is he some? I'm like, I don't. He's a cosplayer. That's why. Yeah, he's not really military. They call him out on it too. What's his name? Uh, Pushkin. Pushkin. Yeah, he's like, you, it's like you got expelled from West Point. It's like, what military right. service were you in? You were like a mercenary for kind of a while. And like, yeah. that's it. You suck. Yep. <laughs> Calling him out. Stolen Valor! All right. And then we get the plot twist that Koskoff is actually the villain. And he's in cahoots with Whitaker. And he's been playing the Brits in order to have Bond kill Pushkin. It's a long con. It's a very long con. Typical Bond <laughs> villain. Yeah. Right. Oof, right there. This one was... Especially complicated. Like this whole it's, like web of things was especially complicated. Wait until you get to Afghanistan. It's just like I just start like I I kind of like glaze over at that point. I'm like, what's happening now? What is all this? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, diamonds yeah, and fucking opium right. and like what? So so, so that's movie. just it. Yeah, I mean, I've, maybe at the end of the movie we can try and summarize the the thought process and plan of Koskov and Whitaker because. It's uh, it takes a lot of turns. I'm not exactly sure how we ended up at the beginning of this movie. Like, were they sitting around smoking opium and somehow like, and that's how they concocted this like this roundabout way of selling opium to get money? I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna have to try and revisit this. I will say though, Koskoff getting his inner thigh rubbed with sunscreen and moaning is like one of the best reintroductions to a Bond villain, like to a Bond villain ever. I fucking loved that scene. Why? I don't know if you guys even remember it. It is he's just so. Cool he's sitting by the pool and he's just going. Uh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I do, I do, fuck? I do remember. I do remember. Yes, he's like making out with one girl. The other girl's just rubbing sunscreen in one spot in his inner thigh over and over again. One of my favorite things in movies is seeing like uh, makeout scenes or like kiss scenes where you could you can tell that like. One of the people really, really is not interested in having to kiss that other person. And there is like some real good examples of that in this scene where like that girl is just kind of like, eh, peck on the cheek, perhaps. You, know? you said I was going to be a Bond girl. You are technically a Bond girl. Right. Like she was just not happy of having to kiss that fucking weirdo. No. Hilarious. Loved it. He like he then he stole one of the girls' hats and shoved her in the pool, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That was that that got me laughing. That it's was great. pretty funny. It's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not a lot happens for like the next 20 minutes besides Bond like falling in love with Kara. Um, but you do get this quote 
<laughs> where Bond leads in for a kiss and like she kind of pushes back and he says, don't think, just let it happen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Woo! <laughs> Did did they did they fuck on that uh, Ferris wheel? Is that is that the understanding there? No, because they go back down. They're still making out, and then everyone's laughing at them. Right. Okay. So All right. I don't think he was able to. Eh, you never know. You might have been able to get it in, get his tux back on in time. <laughs> Zip oh. it through the hole. Yeah, I was going to say, who needs to take the who needs to take <laughs> the tux out? That's fine. It's the bond away. <laughs> this is fully clean. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I was kind of jealous of James Bond at this point because I'm just like, I wish I had that confidence. I'd be super embarrassed if like people saw me doing that. He's he's smiling. He's like, yes, yes, I was making out with her. (laughs) It's not the first woman that's been on this Ferris wheel with me either. Right. (laughs) I was like, oh, I wish I had that confidence. The old stomping grounds. The end of Ferris wheel. Would have been hilarious if the Ferris wheel operator was like, oh, fucking Bond again. He's with another girl too. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Or if he was like the uh, predecessor to Dennis Reynolds, he's like, this works because of the uh, implication. (laughs) You see, you're up very high and there's nowhere for you to go. Just let it happen. Yeah. He's very innovative, this James Bond. (laughs) So also Saunders shows his worth with Intel, backing up Bond's theory that Koskoff is dirty and working with Whitaker. Then, uh, was it Narcos or Necros? I think it's Necros. Necros. I would say Necros. Yeah. Then Necros kills Saunders with a sliding door. What Awesome kill. I mean, yeah. an absolutely phenomenal kill. I, I don't know how nobody, like, nobody saw him. He You would have to, like, mess around with the mechanics of this door to make it, like, change, like, snapshot like that with a switch of a button. But I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I put a bomb in there. He put a bomb in it? Yeah, he, he put, put a bomb, bomb. and made it like, yeah, the ricochet yeah. made the door. It was just perfect timing. Oh, it wasn't like he messed with the pistons and stuff like that and made it shut. Sh- he just blew up something up and the door closed super fast. Yeah, like that yeah. big that big the piston inertia. was going, you know, in and out. That's how the door opened and closed. And he just put a bomb in between uh, the piston okay. and it apparently shot the Push. door like a fucking gunshot or like a guillotine, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Awesome, awesome murder. Suffice to say, I don't think that physics actually would work. You know, would work out like that. But I, I don't care. No, I'm a, I'm here for the boobs and for the ridiculous shit. <laughs> also, Tim Timothy Dalton. That was basically a good scene that make him just just show show him like his range of emotion of being mad because he looks very angry in that scene. Yeah, like, uh, and Timothy Dalton's kind of a dick to her at that moment, which I like. She, because she was like, "Oh, can't we stay for like a few days?" He's like, "No, we're leaving tomorrow." <laughs> you better not poison my drinks. <laughs> so then, this is followed by Bond confronting Pushkin, who tells him that Koskoff is dirty. So they stage Pushkin's death with Bond escaping with the help of Felix's CIA call girls. Oh my god! To, to Bond though, Bond didn't even know that they were. Ooh. Yeah, okay. So this is the second distraction of the movie, mm-hmm. which, which made Tim's day. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah you right. get some nip in this one too. You get yes, I'm saying you get side boob and nip, side boob and nip. Yeah, dude. And I mean, Big she's standing there in some some nice negligee too. I mean, like she's mm-hmm. got, a, especially. I don't know if this is like it's something that's just come full circle, but like sometimes the physique of of different decades does not match what is considered sexy now. 
Oof, that worked. She's yeah. still looking good. It definitely. And here's the and here's the coupe de grasse for me. You know? She was scared. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Do we want clarification on that, Tim, or should we just let that let that be? No, I don't think that needs clarification. That's pretty That's obvious. Need we need to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's hot when a woman's afraid of me. Side top boob. off and she's afraid. Side boob nip. She's afraid. I don't understand what the issue is. But let's let's move on here, Bill. It's called pheromones, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an absolutely outrageous plan. Again, <laughs> yes. I, like Bond takes the like such a ridiculous risk to not murder Pushkin here, which is, I mean, I guess the right thing to do. But they couldn't come up with a better plan. Like he couldn't just fake his death in the hotel. Why did they have to do it on the on like a public stage? He was assi- he was assigned to do it at the trade conference. That's mm-hmm. why. So the whole thing is M told them he's going to be at this trade conference. You need to kill him there. And then on the other side, Koskoff, he's like, I would have my little blonde fuck boy do it, but everybody knows him, so he can't do it. But I still want you to show up in case Bond doesn't do it. But I mean, Pushkin, when he's in the hotel and Bond has a gun to his head... That's the trade conference. I mean, he's not like he's not standing at a podium, but he's at the hotel because the trade conference does. Does Bond need to do it in front of an audience to meet like M's like desires here? I think at this point, he already knows that Koskoff has set this all up. So he wants Koskoff to know that he's dead. That he, OK. All right. It's it, still really it's, it's I mean, really. Yeah, because you're stretching it there. <laughs> He, he he then like he then is on a foot chase away from the is it like are they in Morocco or something like that? Yeah. Where are so. they? I don't fucking know. Whatever the local whatever the local police are. And he it's very lucky that he gets out of this situation alive. I mean, he's he's getting fired upon by like twenty is again, it's you know, it's absurd that everyone missed so many times at like point blank range. It's yeah. Should not have worked. I think part of it is just this is like a trailer moment when you like that spotlight goes on and he shoots the spotlight out. I feel like that's just like they wanted that just for the yeah for the trailer because that's yeah, a it's a cool looking shot. It like, is. He looks yeah. like a badass there. I love. Uh, I, I I couldn't help but mentally comparing to the uh, the running across the rooftop scene in this movie to the running across the rooftop scene in the the Daniel Craig movie, <laughs> yeah. like where it's like hardcore hardcore. They're like unbelievable acrobatics that that guy's doing. And then like Timothy Dalton is just like the biggest white dude that can't really run or jump, <laughs> just barely making these like skips over buildings and stuff. Dude, this is, this is like, it's just society in general. Like people used to like, people used to like just a regular cheeseburger back then. Now we have to have like cheeseburgers with like fucking compound butter and bacon and like, Gatorade, X Factor, Chipotle AOA, Gold. Yeah. That's the like, the fucking Daniel Craig movies are like that version. Was well, like, this is just like, this is just a regular fucking cheeseburger on a bun with some lettuce and tomatoes. <laughs> Running across a rooftop. Very yeah. vanilla. Yeah. yeah. So back at Kara's hotel, Bond chugs a drugged martini and is captured by Koskoff, where they transport him and Kara to a Soviet prison in Afghanistan. He oh chugged boy. the shit out of that martini. Yeah. Yes, he sure. That was did. a one sip, like one second job. And she like 
it was it was just so obvious. Like the instant she handed him the martini, is like, oh, that's drugged. Yeah. It's like it's a pre-made drink. Come on, James, have you never been roofied? Let's go. <laughs> right. Like you, you of all people should know not to drink a pre-made drink like that. Yeah. And then she doesn't touch it. And yeah, he he downs that martini. Yes. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's be honest, guys. It, have, we've all gotten drunk and woken up in Afghanistan. This isn't this isn't crazy. (laughs) Yeah, this is also the little thing about the diamonds and it's it's in like a heart transplant box. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Did they did they have that? I mean, they were always planning on transporting the diamonds with it. Was it always going to be an ice? Was, was did they always need a body? Was was it James is going to be there? This is very convenient. He had a nice doctor's coat, Koskov, so that's good. I guess I guess they must have been prepared with that heart. It's I, just it seems weird. I just think someone worked really hard on that for no reason, and they didn't have the heart to tell him it wasn't necessary. It's <laughs> like I think I think someone on Koskov's team came up like I have this great hiding place. For the diamonds, it's in this uh, weird transplant cooler that I made specifically for this. And they were like, um, we're just going to put them in a bag. I mean, they're not <laughs> looking for them, so it shouldn't be hard to get them past him. Yeah, we're just oh. going to take this military plane from one station to another. They're not going to check anything. We're yeah. Russian. Right. <laughs> oh, well, I... Diamonds, diamonds also aren't illegal, so you kind of just, you can kind of just move right. them. That's okay, too. Well, I mean... I made this. Worked really hard on it. <laughs> yeah, we just don't really see it, it really being effective, though. I mean, can you at least give it a try? I mean, it's re- like... <laughs> All right, I, fine. Give me the goddamn diamond case. I missed Fuck. my kid's soccer game to make this. <laughs> I killed the baboon for this. <laughs> All right, for it to work, you're going to have to pour ice over it. Jesus Christ, now we got to get fucking ice. Right. <laughs> you also need to use this baboon heart. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> It's okay, not a big we'll deal. You stop heart. on the market. Okay, they're in the market. You stop there. You get baboom heart. <laughs> so then we get a prison break with the help of another watch made by Q, where Bond also helps the local Mujahideen leader Cameron Shah escape, which leads the Bond and Kara teaming up with the Afghani rebels. Another another movie you guys have covered where the, the Afghans are the heroes. Yeah. The last like forty minutes of the movie is just basically Rambo three. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say this. Look, I was thinking this all the time. I'm like, this is kind of a familiar movie. To yeah. me. <laughs> they did it first, so kudos yeah. to them. But still, I actually think you saw during this movie, like the product Rambo three production getting set up in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think in the next like maybe in like a year or two, there's gonna be a movie that like highlights? how great Ukrainian rebel fighters are. And then in 20 years, we're going to look back and while we're in the middle of a war with the Ukraine and be uncomfortable by it. It wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) I think that's probably. Ukraine's going to like unleash a sarin gas attack in like New York city subways a couple of years from now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We should have let them, should have let the Russians kill them all when they had the chance. (laughs) Poon was right. It'll be about something very petty too. (laughs) <laughs> you you didn't send us the Cheetos we wanted during, during the war. I didn't get a Christmas card last year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I 
don't know. How, how do you guys feel about movies in the desert? I kind of find them boring. <laughs> From all the locations that do movies, and like I, I pref- especially in this one, like I preferred all the European cities. Like that was cool. Like now we're just in a desert with sand everywhere. Like I'm kind of losing my interest. I, I mean, a hundred percent agree with that. My my problem is just the the dynamic of like I don't have an issue with the 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 sand, the desert, the cities. My problem is uh, first the the outfit, the fact that. Timothy Dalton ended the rest of this movie in like the baggy, you know, like weird blue and gray, like didn't look good. I don't know. He, he looked great in a tuxedo, like you said. Oh, yeah. And to have him go through like the end climax scene dressed for like the Middle East just felt silly. And then, and then like the whole thing where like, you know, people on horsebacks are fighting tanks. I just, I don't know. That I, I lose, I lose myself there a little bit. That does that doesn't work. Doesn't seem effective. No, it doesn't seem effective. Also, Dalton gets a lot of uh of that a lot of action with that tan like rain jacket in this movie too, because every single gif of of Timothy Dalton as James Bond, if you go into your phone, is like him with that fucking tan jacket in like multiple mm-hmm. scenes. Now I'm I'm with you about the desert though. I'm with you about the desert. It just feels like I think it's it's a desert. So what are we fighting over? Like I don't understand. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, well, okay, you guys, like, this. all of a sudden the consequences are gone. It's like, yeah. oh, you guys are fighting over, like, you know, fucking Prague before, fighting over, you know, like, the the state of trying to, you know, turn Eastern Europe back into, like, a democracy. Now we're fighting over a fucking, like, some sand. Come on, guys. Well, and there's, I mean, when, like, when there's, like, car chases and fight scenes happening throughout a city, it, like, it feels a little bit more stressful because, you know, there's potential for collateral damage or there's people getting out of the way and there's things happening that's, like, outside of this. And, like, here it's just like, all right, I don't know, let's just blow some shit up. There are really no consequences, right? Let's just do it. There's just, there's a lot of explosions, random gunfire, like, it's, yeah. My explanation was more racist than offensive, so let's go with that. <laughs> All right. I would say keep Tim's Tim's point take. Yeah, yeah. Keep mine in, Max. I'll delete Bill's, but I'll keep Tim's in. Keep mine in. <laughs> keep Don't mine. get me started on the Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all think you're better because you got less sand than those Afghanis? You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, so this third act, a little bloated. You got like Soviets trading diamonds for opium that are then getting traded for weapons. Um, then we've got a 92 pound cello player, uh, player just stealing a machine gun and riding towards a platoon of tanks on a horse. Got a lot of Russians blowing up, a lot of explosions, more explosions. So, um, should we just get into like the whole plane fight? <laughs> uh, T- Timothy Dalton's plan. I also don't understand this at all. He's all right, he, they're, they're putting a bomb into a, one of the opium bags. To presumably blow up all the opium so that they can't get the the trade trade the opium for the guns. Mm-hmm. Um, he he gets on the back of the truck, and then is surprised that there are people on the back of the truck when right. they when they try to leave. So now he's trapped, and right. like the Kara gets all upset and convinces the Afghanis to go and fight to get Timothy Dalton free. And then he gets into the the Russian base and loads the bomb on the back of the plane, and only then activates the bomb. So he was always going to have to get. You know, onto the base, onto the plane. At what point was he stuck? This had to have been the plan from the get-go. Otherwise, he could have just set the fucking timer when he, like, on the truck and just gotten off. And then that's done. It's done. That's fine. Yes. 
I think I, I think what happened, Bill, is that was his plan, and then other people got on the truck before he could do it, so he had to revise. Was that not a really good opportunity to kill Blondie? He's behind him on a truck, completely unaware that he's there. Yeah, that would have tipped it, that would have tipped it off, though. They would have stopped all the trucks, and then he would have just got fucking massacred. It's being stuck in all the right. back of an opium truck. It still doesn't make much <laughs> sense. I mean, the thing that doesn't make sense is that it's fucking Timothy Dolan wearing a, like a just covering his 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 lips and nothing else. It's like you can still see his nose and his like piercing green eyes. It's like the dude stands out. Honestly, yeah, I mean, and like. He's holding the opium bag and the blonde guy like inspects the bag or something like that. And like he's holding it like this and like his arm is as white as mine. Yeah. Who's a six foot two white guy with green eyes? That's part of this Afghani Mujahideen crew. I've I've figured out what happened. (laughs) I figured out what happened. Okay. Timothy Dalton took a knife and then took a big lip of that lick of that opium before. That's it. So I think That's what it. ended up happening, Bill, is he just nodded off in the back of that truck. He, <laughs> he went to put the bag in the truck and then he fell over with it. Yeah. And then he woke up in the plane and he's like, how did I get here? <laughs> oh boy, this wasn't the plan. Back oh, in Afghanistan. Again. <laughs> God, I feel really heavy right now. I need some he more a, opium. He takes like a like a, a two ounce shot of opium too. That's not like a little taste. He like it's a huge lick of opium that he does. Yeah. Like straight yeah. up raw uncut opium. He didn't like barely touch it to his yeah, he like yeah. licked the entire like length of the knife. Like, ooh. That is it goes to the other side for seconds. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I should put it in the sure. Yeah, he, they come around, he's just every single every single bag is punctured. He's just got brown shit all over his face. <laughs> I'm, I was using it as disguise. I think the opium starting to pour, starting to sink into my pores. I feel great. <laughs> they just come around. Well, really, what would happen is he'd be like laying on a couch like this, like some in some one of those like Chinese opium den pictures, where he's just kind of like lounging <laughs> yes. on a couch. These <laughs> the names, the names, the names. The fuck's my name? God damn it! Who's my, who am I? Yeah, shaken, not stirred. And he he I caresses the face. Stirred. I want to know what it tastes like. <laughs> I've never actually had it stirred. <laughs> he like the blonde guy comes around the corner, finds him, and then James Bond caresses his face and goes, "You're beautiful. Oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> you're a beautiful man. Anyone ever told you how beautiful you yeah. are? Yes. All right. Yeah. So Bond, he, yeah, he plants that bomb on the cargo plane. Loaded with opium. He's spotted by cars uh by Koskoff, so he takes off after Kara, uh <laughs> drives the fucking a stolen Jeep. She steals a Jeep after she steals a, a horse. Uh, whatever. <laughs> drives that shit right into a fucking plane. And then we get the fight with uh Necros and Bond on the back of this plane, which is fucking awesome. It's a sick fight. That is an awesome stunt. <laughs> a yeah. sick fight that was made that was actually made by the girl. Yes. Because she like they were just gonna have a fight in the back of the plane, and then she just like opens the door randomly. She opens the door because it says down, so she th- she hit the thing thinking that it was gonna take the plane down, but instead it just it just put the hatch down. Yeah. Well, he the the one thing he says to her is just keep it steady. Yeah, and when he straight. goes back, and then and then yeah, she opens the cargo hatch, and then she like 
turns the plane up so everything yeah. falls out. And then she turns the plane down. Like, what is she doing? Listen, she what just crashes you, you into a mountain. Way worse. I don't know shit about planes. I don't know how to fly a plane. I don't know what any of the buttons in a plane do. I do know that how you bring a plane down isn't by pressing a button called down. <laughs> that's not how planes go down. That's not how planes work. I think that's just common knowledge. You don't have to be a fucking aerospace engineer to understand that there isn't a down button down in a plane. <laughs> Is there a left or right button on your car? No. Yeah. Then why the fuck did you think there's a down button on an airplane? Right. <laughs> I want to. They needed to have like a scene afterwards where uh, fucking James Bond comes back in the cockpit and it's like, so um, so what happened there? What happened there? Well, I saw a button. It was down, and I thought that was going to bring the plane down. And uh, you decided to like tilt the plane up at a forty-five degree angle too after you put the uh, the rear hatch down. Well, you know, and she starts explaining it. Cut scene Slap. To, yeah, cut scene to him just like throwing her out the back of the plane. There <laughs> <laughs> was it, it was a cool scene though, fighting on the cargo net. I I like when he crawls up from underneath and punches through the net, right? That was yeah. that was sick. That was sick. <laughs> that was great. But I mean, they're actually like on a plane, like hanging off that thing. Like it's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Those stunts was, are incredible. Was, wait, wait, wait. Was that like that was a hundred percent real? Into like parts with, of it. Okay. Like that wow. fart, like the shot of like the, the faceless stunt doubles who are doing yeah. that stuff is, yeah, I think that's real, which is, it's fucking amazing. Like that, that stunt crazy. guy almost died doing that's it apparently. Nuts. Oh, yeah. really? So, and when, when he fell off, I mean, that looked like it was real. I'm sure he had like a parachute on the, the actual actor or something, but that looked like somebody was actually falling through the sky. Yeah. That or they might've done some sort of, um, kind of like the same thing, like Hans and, and die hard when he falls from the building, it's probably, you know, it's like a 70 foot drop with a green screen under it. Oh, uh, could be that. Out of yeah, focus. Yeah. Probably something I like do, that. I do love that he gets rid of Blondie there by cutting off his boot and like he, he's cutting each lace off of his boot. Meanwhile, the guy's fingers are literally paralleled. With, no. like, <laughs> fucking, you have a knife and you're cutting the shoelaces instead of just cut, stabbing the guy's hand. What are, you, <laughs> what are you doing? Keep your boot. Also, one of the few henchmen that like plead for his life, too. Like, he does not want to die. Usually these guys yeah. are like ready to go. He's like, that no, kind of no. He says, please. Yeah, please. Yeah, he's, he like, says, he's like, no, please. And it's like, oh, God, he kind of just begged for his life. Usually they just kind of like, oh, angry yeah. yell or something. And like, all right, cool. Do it. Dead. <laughs> yeah. This guy's like, no, I've got a wife and kids. Please don't. <laughs> I have my dance recital next week. Ah. <laughs> I have to go with my brother to uh, knock over this place called Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, then what Bond? He's able to disarm the bomb with one second to spare. And then they escape the plane via parachute jeep. <laughs> Wait a minute. He also throws a bomb at a bridge, uh, like out of the moving plane. He throws the bomb at like oh, yeah, the Russians that are it. fighting the Afghanis. That's right. Yeah. He puts like nine or 10 seconds off and the gar- the woman flies the plane, like goes back in a U-turn and flies the plane like a hundred feet over this bridge. And he throws it out of a moving plane, hits a guy in the chest, like doesn't just get it like, <laughs> like literally hits, a, hits the guy. He's like, oh gosh, what was that? And then boom. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah, when, when that plane explodes too, you guys hear the old school sound effect from like the same thing from Skyfall right before it hits the uh, the mountain. 
It's the same. It's the <laughs> same thing. Oh, you mean double? Oh, you mean Golden Golden from Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did yeah. I say? Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall. Well, I've been drinking. Sorry. I also do not understand at all how the, the physics of that that car coming out of the the plane makes sense. No. But cool. It, it looked cool. It looked cool. It had like a literal one foot landing too. Like the yeah. plane was much higher. It but. was like, yeah, it was like 500 feet off the ground. And then all of a sudden it's five feet off the ground. Yeah. It's okay. Um, all right. So to wrap up the movie, we go back to Tangier where Bond kills Whitaker with one of his statues and Pushkin arrests Scoff, who somehow didn't die after a head on collision with an airplane. Yeah, right. That's right. He, the the plane the, that randomly shows up and yeah, he takes a wing, like gets decapitated. The, there's an explosion and he just like rolls out of the car. Windshield's still fine. intact. Everything's still fine. He doesn't have a scratch on him. <laughs> yeah. Fucking airplane blew up, but this guy's fine. Fascinating. Honestly, dude, I thought this, this is when the movie kind of started to get stale for me. I'm like, there's too many boss kills here. Yeah. It's like, there's fucking five bosses you have to kill. It's just like fucking enough. They could have just cut out the whole Afghanistan third act, honestly. They could have ended the movie at an hour and a half. Like, that would have yes. been fine. Like, you didn't yeah. have to stretch this out until for two hours and ten minutes with 40 minutes of explosions. I feel like I say this every episode, but, I mean, turn the third act into a porno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just end it with a Bond and car in the green room just banging away for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. <laughs> so, that's how the movie ends, too. So, I mean, like, Kara, she has a nice little cello solo in London, and then she bangs James Bond in a green room, and the movie ends. Right. Such Happy. a weird ending. Yeah. Yep. I, I, There's just some old British guys out in the being like, Kara, thank you. You are very talented. Where's Mr. Bond? Oh, we couldn't make it. Whoops, now he's inside of you. Oh, cheerio. <laughs> pip, pip. <laughs> I know that the familiar sound of flesh on flesh. James must be nearby. Yeah. All right. So can we, can somebody explain to me how opium, diamonds, weapons, what was Koskov and Whitaker's? Were they going to just like sell the opium and keep the money and be rich? They were yes. going to sell the opium and it was going to be so much money on the market that they would have been able to buy the weapons and then pocket the rest as profit. That was a plan okay. because it was a half a billion dollars in opium. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was like $50 million in weapons or something. Okay. All right. Yeah. It was Still very confusing. I did not understand how, how any of it made sense. Uh, did that um, whole, that whole Afghanistan, like, cause when Max was going over it, I'm just like, my head was spinning. Then I'm like, but there's also just like two Afghani factions there. One of them apparently has no stake in the deal either. I just don't understand what was going on. And they would follow a a white lady into battle. Like you got to tell me that this yeah. fucking really yeah. these guys yeah. these guys are good from all the from all the Wait, fractions why? of military people. Also, why was there like uh, an Afghani person who went to Oxford and had a British accent leading the Mujahideen? What was the deal with that? Was apparently he- it was ISIS before it became ISIS. <laughs> I didn't understand his origins. I mean, I mean, wasn't Bin Laden Oxford educated too? Was he? Yeah. Well, oh. he was definitely well educated. Yeah. All right. All right. So maybe that rings true. Yeah. yeah he's just hey, a royal your family. Face, Bill. Yeah. 
How, Bill, how dare you? How dare you not give Osama bin Laden his just due? <laughs> <laughs> he worked hard for that education. <laughs> yeah, he worked hard for that education, Bill. Uh, hot take. Hot take. That should be the title of the episode. Osama bin Laden's just do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not going to even search that. I'm going to get on some fucking list. I'll, I'm just going to stop searching Osama bin Laden. Okay. All right, time. You guys want some brief trivia? Sure. Yeah. Yes. All right. The actress who played Kara, her, she's the, the great, she is the granddaughter of an anti-Soviet Georgian general pre the communist revolution which might explain why her accent was so good okay yeah so you're talking why about georgia the, the country so yeah yes okay the first country to invaded <laughs> all right say it again her she's uh, atlanta what georgia atlanta georgia <laughs> yeah the georgia generals is that like a like a minor league team <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I don't remember Georgia becoming communist, but I can see it. It's on its way anyways, right? Stacey Abrams gets an office, it is. Yeah, exactly. You keep letting these black people vote, sure <laughs> shit gonna be communist. Granted, this guy was an anti-Soviet, anti-communist general, but... Oh, I misunderstood. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he got exiled. Yep. Uh, this is the last Bond to smoke cigarettes. Gay. Really? Yeah. 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 I Brosnan mean, didn't. And uh, that's it. <laughs> There's literally like hundreds of books uh, like made about like the making of these Bond movies. So if you want trivia, just fucking Google James Bond trivia. You'll find it everywhere. There's like hundreds of also hundreds of podcasts dedicated to just Bond movies. So we're not the expert. I, I just, I mean, look. See, we were this is a this is a movie podcast, so I think it's totally but I just don't understand the love affair with Bond movies. They're just They're growing on me. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. I yeah, because I mean I watched this movie and then I watched like the first thirty minutes of uh License to Kill afterwards. Just because I was I was kinda I was just in the in the mood. I like the thing that I liked the most about this movie was like the scenes when they're in like hotels or, or like apartments just to see like the furniture and the style of the time. Like I liked that shit. Like what is, what was like the high class, you know, like what was so the you're, peak of materialism in, in that era? You, you're basically my wife watching Mad Men. You're just, you're in it for like the lampshades, the, the molding, the crown molding around the doors, stuff like that. I love period pieces. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You run out of shit to watch. That's what you watch it for. Here's what I'll say about Bond movies. They are like, they're just like the perfect escapism. Like there's nothing, like dude, I watched that, what's that fucking movie? Where the, um, that dog movie with Benedict Cumberbatch jerking off in it. Uh, Oh, Year of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Yeah. Like, come on. That wasn't a good movie. That was a fucking shit movie. I don't need more, like, I don't need more, like, depressing shit in my life. I just want James Bond running around, shooting people, fucking smooching ladies. You know what I mean? Two hours. Great. Yeah, it's great. 
I don't need Benedict Cumberbatch jerking off, trying to make some statement about how, like, what, like, being gay was like in the fucking 1850s. Like, shut the fuck up, you up your ass fucking director. Shut the fuck up. I I mean, wow. Tim. <laughs> a lot of anger there. That's coming from me. Um, People call us a book podcast. I, th- I thought The Power of the Dog was a good movie. Um, I will say... I didn't watch I it still, because it looked boring. It's it's not very exciting. Um, I also don't think that it's about what what it was to what it was like to be gay in 1850. But that we can we can have that discussion when we watch the Power of the Dog in 20 years on the podcast. <laughs> um, no, when um, we do our dog theme month. Sorry, go the, ahead. The one the one thing I'll say in favor of the Bond movies, I, and like I don't hate them. Like I I finished watching this movie today. I enjoyed it. Um, it's 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 a it's a ride. Um, but at the end of the, like I finished, I, I watched it today and I still didn't understand what the bad guys were doing. That's not great. It's the storytelling is always like all over the place. It's ridiculous. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a Saturday afternoon franchise. That's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a movie that you watch on the couch sideways and don't really pay attention. You just look at it. So, but this is the thing is we kind of all agree that that's what these movies are. So where, how is it they've lasted for 50, 60 years. They're basically like B action movies, but they put dump a shit ton of money into them and they make the money back and make the money back. Why? They're just consistently okay. Because that's not, that's not what they're about. They're about escapism. They're about like just going on some stupid little romp. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, we lost two hours. Hours. Good. Now I don't have to listen to him come up with some <laughs> stupid point about escapism and I can just say, fucking live your lives, people, you fucking losers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I don't have a life to live. <laughs> I can hear you, goddammit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just another pregnant pause for effect, Bill. <laughs> I can hear you, fuckers. <laughs> oh, good. He's gone, that fucking loser. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sick of listening to this stupid answer. He got Bill got to, Bill at a lot of anger. He was wait he was waiting to. Un, I'm glad you, I'm glad you unleashed that. I didn't want you unleashing that onto Sam. I feel I feel hung better. Up. Yeah, I'll I'll sleep better tonight knowing that I called you a fucking loser. <laughs> the, the funniest thing was is that my point my point was the funniest thing is that my point before Bill kind of hit it on the head here before I cut out was escapism. <laughs> I think that might be the title of this episode. It's going to be The Living Daylights Escapism. <laughs> no. It is It is about escapism. That's why they're fucking good. You're just going on a ride. You're going on a romp. <laughs> going on a romp. And you're yeah. right. You're right. I mean, part of it, like, they came out in the 60s, so they are. They still have that 60s cheese up, up to this point. The new ones really don't. The new ones are more like a, just a modern action movie, but... I mean, for the first like 10, 15 years, that's, I think just, that's just, have you watched like an action movie from like 1968? It fucking sucks. No, I guess I can't, I can't say that I have. No. Or like up until Jaws, like all these action or Star, not even Jaws, Star Wars, because Jaws is slow too. Up until Star Wars, just action movies were just, the pacing was just completely different. And I don't know. I don't think the plots always made perfect sense either. Well then, James Bond is keeping in pace with that. So, yeah. <laughs> All I know is that they make money. They do. They do. And I, they come out, and I want to see them. So I can't really, you know, I'm talking at a 
I'm talking my ass here, but I don't know. I watch these movies and I just don't understand it. I think there's a fundamental, there's a, there's like a, there's a difference in people who watch movies. Like, and this is, this might be a fundamental difference between me and you guys. Like I have no interest in some artistic movie. I have no interest in the art of it. I, I really don't. The movies that I like are things that like com- are completely nonsense. Lethal because weapon. I like, yeah, I <laughs> exactly precisely. <laughs> I want Danny Glover and Mel Gibson fucking running around doing nonsense shit for two hours because it just like removes me from anything that makes me feel anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying. I'm trying to feel nothing for two hours. <laughs> Like, I don't like movies that make me feel something. That's exactly the, that's the last thing I want. All right. I don't, I don't want some movie that like touches my heartstrings. Fuck that shit. Nonsense. I'm, that's not what I'm looking for. Adrenaline is the only thing Tim wants from a movie or a boner. Adrenaline, bullets, and boobs. It's not even adrenaline. It's just something that I can just like put on and then t- almost tune out. Like I don't get I don't get an adrenaline rush when like Danny Glover and Mel Gibson shoots. I'm like, yeah, they're shooting somebody. Great. It's predictable. I, I know exactly what's going to happen next. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. Also, like people people make fun of Law and Order. They're like, how do people watch Law and Order? It's like a procedural show. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, the first suspect I is not going to be the killer. They got to come back around to him though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to know exactly what's going to happen in the show. I don't want any anything remotely in terms of like artistic or good writing. I don't want that. <laughs> and Tim is the majority of, of movie audiences. <laughs> Well, I mean, there there was something, I can't remember what it was, but there was something that I was reading that like people tend to like to go back to movies and shows that they've watched before because there's a comfort in knowing what's going to happen. And there's, and that, that makes sense for formulaic movies and formulaic shows. It maybe isn't something you've seen, but like you basically know what's going to happen. So it makes it easy to sit and enjoy. Yeah. Low risk. Yeah. That, I mean that, and that's a fa- the power of the dog. And like to bring that back in is very much not a formulaic movie. Like it's very confusing in terms of like what is the story that they're telling, what is like the point, the plot, and it was very stressful for that reason. It, like they played, they had very very stressful music, and it like it, it felt like tense, edge of your seat the entire time watching it because you're like, what the fuck is happening here? Because it wasn't yeah, a I hated it. story, and that so it makes sense that you didn't like it, Tim. I, yeah, I'm just sitting. Well, I'm just sitting there, like, what the fuck? Enough, <laughs> enough. Like, I have enough anxiety, enough depression in my own life. I don't need to like import more. <laughs> you know, when am I gonna see this goddamn dog? <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a dog movie. I thought it was gonna have like Marvel superpowers kind of thing. Yeah. The power thought, of the dog. What is uh, the power of the dog? Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like Clifford. Well, to be honest, what I thought it was going to be like, and I shouldn't, well, I don't know why I thought this, it's an, it's a movie nominated for an Oscar. So, you know, it's going to be artsy as fuck, but <laughs> you know, I wanted it to be like a John Wayne, like, what's up, Pilgrim? <laughs> you know, I'm going to shoot these Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff like oh, that. So you know? Simpler times. Yep. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the box office game. How much does this movie cost? How much did it make? Man. Um, 
1987, 1987 though. Money money's not real. So um I don't know. I'm gonna say this costs like uh hundred and thirty million dollars to make and it made three hundred and sixty million dollars. No. This movie cost fifty million dollars to make and it made $120 million. Timmy was closer. It cost uh, forty. What? Movies didn't cost that much back then. Jesus Christ. They were I, fucking Oh my god. I think the Jurassic Park Park cost like sixty million to make. Did it really? <laughs> yeah, something like oh, that. Oh shit. All right. Yeah. So it cost forty million and it made $191 million. Wow. Tim. You not cheated, bad. Tim. You fucking cheated. I know you did. <laughs> That's something you can be sure I did not do. You need to research. <laughs> you take notes. <laughs> what? You think I'm going to admit that I lost legitimately? You fucking cheated. That's the end of it. Cheated! <laughs> yeah, so in the United States, it premiered on the weekend of July 31st, 1987, finishing number one of the box office for the first two weeks. Any guess what movie kicked it out of the top spot in week three? Probably Indiana not. Jones. No. Nope. Greece. No, Indiana. <laughs> no. Not no. Bill. Not Greece. <laughs> well, what was it? Tim, any guesses? Um What movie this was in nineteen eighty six, right? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. The summer of eighty Road, seven. Roadhouse. Ooh, that would have been a good one. It was stakeout. Starring Richard Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez. Oh, boy. Yes. I've seen wow. that movie, for mm-hmm. sure. I've heard of it. Absolutely. They had a, they had another one called Another Stakeout. <laughs> and they brought in Rosie O'Donnell for that one. Oh, boy. Those sound, that sounds like a good pair mm-hmm. of a movie for us to watch at some point. Back to back. See, guys? These are the movies I like. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, Emilio Estevez, and some fucking job of the hut woman. <laughs> That's what I want. Kicking Bond out of the top spot. Yeah. All right. Next question. Who's your favorite and least favorite in this? Mm, well, pretty obvious for me. Side boob and nipple. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Least favorite. Um, I don't know. I'd say least favorite. I'm going to go with just the desert. <laughs> Was a character in the fair. movie. Oh, that's yes. fair. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna go least favorite first and say mm. that it's 004. <laughs> that fucking weak rock wall scene. Um, and you know, I'm gonna give my favorite to Desmond Llewellyn uh, mm. as Q, reading his own lines. He really won Good me over. Good for him. Good job, Q. Him. You memorizing your lines as an actor. Well done. You well mean- done, Hugh. You earned that favorite character of this movie for a podcast that doesn't matter. <laughs> so my favorite's going to be uh, the ass-kicking butler with the old man's strength. Mm-hmm. He really stood out in this movie. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite's going to be the parrot. He's <laughs> fucking useless. You cannot devote an entire camera frame to a parrot at least three times with just zero payoff. Yeah, parrot has no role in this movie whatsoever. Yeah. Except for looking sexy. Mm-hmm. Except for just looking like a parrot. You know who? You know who else also had uh, some old man strength or fat man strength going on was that random Russian guard who like overcame oh, yeah. the stun gas. Yeah, like, yeah he man. got it straight. Yeah, the one liner guy. 
He got it straight to the face and then immediately started kicking James Bond's ass. Well, it brought back in that line where uh, whatever Q was like, we'll knock out any normal man, you know, 30 seconds. And James Bond was like, you don't meet too many normal people in this line of business. Yeah. Right. Line of work. No. The fucking just, yeah. The one liner comedian in an Afghani prison. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was just ripping off jokes. The guy only yeah, he, he spoke in jokes. I don't think he said anything that wasn't with a punchline at the end of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that would get old real well. fast. <laughs> it's been a long time since I had a woman prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> You're dying tomorrow. <laughs> he might as well have had the comedy seller background like pushed around behind him. <laughs> the cherry said, What's the deal with not having woman prisoners? <laughs> it's like I don't have one and now I do. All right, um, time for the Hold My Popcorn ratings. Prepare to be judged. What's your rating for the Living Daylights? Living Daylights. I'm going to give this movie, uh, in honor of Bill, maximum escapism. That's my rating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 in honor, you know, I'm going to give my rating in honor of Tim. This gets, uh, Nip inside boobs out of PG rating. Oots, 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 oots. Pretty good. That's what it's rated. It's rated pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna tack on to that there too. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give a one Soviet side boob out of one death by Soviet smush smush. <laughs> Forgot about her already. Amazing scene. So good. Wonderful. I, you know what? I want to take it back. You you lost your rating. The, the giant, the giantist who did the the motorboating is my favorite character. That motorboating son of a bitch. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Desmond. You got fucked on this one. Better better luck next time. Next movie, maybe you'll get it. He'll be back. He'll be back next time with Roger <laughs> yeah. Moore in 1973. He might look younger this time around. We'll never know. Probably we'll see. not. Probably not. Yeah. What if it's exactly the same? Reading cue cards, like, why the fuck was this guy in movies for 30 years? <laughs> he was a Nazi POW, guys. Just, li- just let him be. Uh. <laughs> All right, anything else before we get out of here? Um. Oh! I think uh, congratulations are in order mm. to our friend Pike Mrebel. Yeah. And his, uh, his new fiance, um... Herschel Meep. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Meep 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 uh, Who just got engaged. Congratulations to those two um, who are definitely not uh, prominent uh, figures of the law. <laughs> definitely not. Those are the, because that would be inappropriate for them to be on such a terrible, terrible <laughs> Mentioned that such a terrible, terrible podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, he was originally going to be on for this for the show too. He was he was down for it, but uh, I guess he's he's at an, an event tonight, so he could not attend. But oh, that, I see that event is him playing Mario Kart on N sixty four. That event is him <laughs> sleeping, and drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, listen, uh, the pizza place down the street. Uh, they put a new pizza on the menu, so okay, my night is booked. <laughs> But 
I, I do have some commentary from Preble. He said, a good Bond. Shame he only had two movies. Yeah. I, uh, it's a shame to hear, too, that the second one kind of sucks, because I, I did enjoy Timothy Dalton. I'll say, too, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I've never seen him in anything. Uh, the only other role I've ever seen Timothy Dalton in is uh, in, like, the, the kind of recent revival of Doctor Who. In, like, the early, mid-2000s, he played uh, a, a Time Lord, like, the, the president or the r- ruler of Gallifrey, and, like, kind of was, like, an asshole. So, like, for the first half of this movie, I was I couldn't get it out of my head that he's, like, a bad guy Time Lord. Because it's the mm-hmm. only thing I've ever seen him in. And, like, I knew when he played that role that he was supposed to be a famous actor. And it was, like, a big deal that he was, like, the reveal. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Like, yeah, oh, big he, was, he was James Bond. Okay. Cool. He was only, yeah, he's only big in Britain, though. Yeah. I mean, he's he's great. He Or was great in Do- uh, Doom Patrol, which is on HBO. Like, I loved him in that show. So, I was excited to watch this one because of that. But I mean, he was also in Flash Gordon in like 1980. He's the uh, the hedgehog in all the Toy Story movies, like the very uh, proper British hedgehog. Is he really? Oh, really? Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Wow, that's and, cool. And he does like all the shorts and everything too. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yep. 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 Hot Fuzz, as Tim mentioned. That's about it mm-hmm. though. Yeah, he hasn't really... I mean, you look at his credits, it's just a bunch of just like, just irrelevant movies. Like really bad posters. Like just looks like a bunch of shit that's like made for TV. He probably is like some. He probably does a lot of like theater. I think yeah, he's a theater does guy. Movies to pay the pay the bills. You have to be a theater guy if you turn down James Bond like eighteen times. Right. It's like you don't want to be the most famous person in the world and be the highest paid actor because you don't think it's appropriate for your age right. to be up that character. Right. You know you're a pro when that's the case. No, I want to do an off-Broadway production of Hamlet. (laughs) Shakespeare in the park. His character's name from Toy Story is Mr. Pricklepants. Mr. Pricklepants. That's good. All right, well, if that's it, uh, check out our stickers. (laughs) Still there. (laughs) Nobody's buying them. (laughs) Has there not been a single purchase of stickers? Oh, no, there's been several purchases. All right. By me. (laughs) I actually, I need to buy a few. I want to buy a few. Gorilla marketing. Just stick them everywhere. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll start putting them on gas pumps next to the... Mm. uh, Next to the price? In front of the price? No, next to the Joe Biden stickers saying I did that. (laughs) That's a good idea. I I was actually... So I was up at my dad's this weekend... And I was commenting about, you know how these like all these outdoor companies like Yeti and shit, it's like all, everyone has a fucking Yeti sticker on something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like everyone has stickers. So I was like, I want to start like a ironic sticker company, you know, kind of like a subversive sticker company for like people who don't like the stickers. And like, I want to start making stickers that like, you know, say like pedophile. <laughs> you know, child like, uh, child killer. Yeah, like transferred priest or something. Abortionist. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, you can start sticking them on play people are like, oh. Hmm. Yuck. But like stick them on places that people normally would stick them on. You know, like the Thule like the Thule equipment things on the top of cars and stuff like that. Like how everyone has like stickers, all the national parks they went to. Fuck you, man. 
(laughs) Pedophile. You're a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Pedophile. (laughs) 26.2. Right next to that is pedophile. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of think hold my popcorn stickers would fit this bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So buy those stickers. (laughs) Redbubbles.com. Stick them right next to your pedophile sticker. We're next to your back alley abortionist sticker. <laughs> you want to get put on a watch list? Go to redbubble.com and search hold my popcorn. <laughs> promo code popcorn. Promo code popcorn. Promo, promo code, code pedophile 20. <laughs> Right, you you're going to get an email from someone and be like, I kept putting it in the promo code. Nothing came up. Yeah, then the, the cops just showed up at my house and asked for my laptop. <laughs> yeah. people, uh, who, people who purchased this sticker also purchased uh, men who love young boys and <laughs> pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> people who purchase this sticker also get a free... <laughs> They get a free subscription to Matt Gates's uh, <laughs> dinner club. Uh, the Harvey Weinstein fan club. Yep. Similar searches have found. <laughs> Self-castration, manual castration, friend castration. Prison. <laughs> Just prison. <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> watch, listen to us next time. Let's rate and review. Watches. Rate and review. Yeah, rate and review. If you uh, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Forget it. Nope. Just rate and review. Rate and review. I was going to say the first five people that write down pedophile in, in the, uh, the comment box and no. the review's got a free sticker, but <laughs> don't do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You and I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> if me and Tim think it's a bad idea, it's probably a bad idea. It's probably a bad, very bad idea. Yeah. Yep. Old Pike Barber will be running away from this podcast. <laughs> a resident <laughs> lawyer is going to be suing us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Are we leaving? I'm going to stop recording. Oh, right. Okay, I I'm gonna stop recording too. Mm. Yeah, stop. And stop.